I sent my oldest son off to a youth retreat this weekend. He was hours away. And like at any time when I'm not with him, I really missed him. But with that great distance and for those several days, I was really feeling the disconnect. I'm so glad that he had his gab phone along. I was able to send him a quick text each evening to ask about his day and to tell him that I was praying for him. Have you heard of these things? The gab phones? That's gab, G-A-B-B. They look and feel a lot like a smartphone, but they aren't connected to the internet in any way. A user can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's about it. With the Gab phone, I had peace of mind knowing that I could get a hold of my son all weekend, but that he didn't have access to the internet. And most importantly, the internet didn't have access to him. He wasn't scrolling social media or being sent shady photos from total strangers. He wasn't wasting time playing video games or being taken advantage of by cyber stalkers. If you too are interested in purchasing a regular cell phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can grab 30% off a Gab phone or a Gab watch right now. Head to GabWireless.com and use promo code mom to mom at checkout. That's capital letters. M-O-M-T-O-M-O-M. So once again, go to gabwireless.com and use promo code mom to mom Welcome to the mom to mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Did you know that today over 10 million moms will take anxiety or depression medication in order to cope with their day? 29 million moms will yell at their kids, and 13 million moms will sneak away to the bathroom, the bedroom, or the closet, or really anywhere, just to catch a breath, to take a break, or even just to sob. The statistics of mom overwhelm are both staggering and heartbreaking, but our guest today says that most moms suffer from what she calls mom fog, or more aptly put, mom fatigue syndrome, and that our feelings of helplessness are often the result of changes that occur after childbirth. And I was just talking to a mom about this yesterday, so I'm so eager to chat with you. Um, We are welcoming today America's number one mom coach, Hannah Keeley. Hannah is the founder of Mom Mastery University, wife to Blair, mom to seven, and author of the new book, Mom Fog. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Thank you so much. Yeah, those numbers are staggering, aren't they? Quite. Absolutely. And I'm sure that each one of us can attest to feeling one, if not all of those things at some point in our mothering, especially those early years when our hormones were just out of control. And I'm so glad you're here today because I think there's a lot of young moms who really need to hear this message because they're drowning in feelings of guilt. Like, what is wrong with me that I cannot snap out of it? Yeah. Yeah. You always think something's wrong with you. You always think like, no one has it this bad. What is wrong with me? I'm the only mom dealing with this. And then when you realize, wait, a lot of moms are dealing with this and it's not abnormal, actually it's pretty normal. Right. And there's some freedom in knowing, okay, I'm not, I'm not the only one. 
and there yeah. is help. So what is mom fatigue syndrome actually? And how have you seen it play out in your own life as, you know, a mom of seven? Oh my goodness. Well, I, I was a behavior therapist for years before I started having kids and, and here I am few kids in and I think, oh, this, you know, it's going to be fine. Like I can totally do this few years in, few kids in, I am a mess. Like house is cluttered. I'm depressed. I'm out of shape. We are broke as a joke, like so broke. We couldn't pay attention. Like I, <laughs> it's like, okay, what, what card are we going to borrow from to pay all the balance on another card? Like that broke. And, um, I remember one day and, um, gosh, I, I can feel it just like it was yesterday, but I was walking in my bedroom with a load of clothes um, to fold. Of course, I knew I wasn't going to fold it. I was going to put on top of the seven other loads that were on the floor waiting to be folded. And I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror, Jamie, and um, hated what I saw. Like I was, I looked so old to be so young. I was in my twenties. I was um, depressed. I was wearing, you know, my hair was dirty, pulled back in that mom ponytail, wearing my husband's shirt because I gained so much weight, couldn't wear anything else. And I was just, I looked pathetic. And um, I remember just crashing down on the floor on that load of laundry and just sobbing, like ugly cry, like where you don't know where your tears stop and the snot starts and all that kind of stuff, you know, and thinking someone's got to save me. Like someone's got to get me out of this mess. Someone's got to come and pay off my debt. Someone's got to come and help me get in shape. Someone's got to come and help me get organized and decluttered. And, and in that pit, I remember I grabbed my husband's sock. It was clean and just wiped my face because my, I was just like was sobbing so much. And I clearly heard the voice of God down in my heart. I heard it so clear. And I knew I was made for something more than what I was living out and just heard that voice say, get up and fold up your laundry. And um, because I wanted the big, you know, the big fix, you know, the, the huge, the pot of gold, here's the miracle cure. And all he said was get up and fold your laundry. And I remember thinking, okay, God, you know more than me. So if this is the first step out of this mess, I'll do it. And folded that load, folded the next load. But that one act of obedience, I can go back to that day and that one act of obedience merely, you know, it looked so small, but it was so huge in my life because it was that step where I got out of the excuses and I started taking action. And from there, God just worked with me and through his word as he does uh, to help me get these principles, get these methods to help me Stop being conformed to the pattern of this world, like Romans 12, one talks about, but being transformed by the renewing of my mind. And then I could test and prove what his will is. It's good, pleasing, perfect will. And that was my go-to verse. I was like, all right, I'm not going to be conformed to the way the world operates. I'm going to start going to the word as the number one best-selling self-help book on the market. And I'm going to really use, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to use it. And my life started changing dramatically from that point. Mm. I, as you described your story, I was thinking of one particular instance in my own life. I think it was after baby number four and I had four kids under five at the time. And I just remember feeling so frumpy and dumpy and overwhelmed and my emotions were on overdrive. And, and I had convinced myself that my husband might be cheating on me, not because of anything he had done, but just simply, I knew that there was a woman in his office that was so put together and pristine and she was beautiful. So why wouldn't he be attracted to her? And, uh, you know, he hadn't done nothing 
to deserve any of my feelings or, you know, internal accusations against him. But that's what happens when you're overwhelmed and you're overloaded on hormones and you're just, you're pointing your um, gaze in the wrong direction. So I love the fact that you're, you realized, you know, it's the word it's being grounded and rooted in, in who God says you are um, that helps pull you out of that. But it's, but it's so real. And, 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 and so I don't want like any mom to think, wow, this is, this is hard. This is abnormal. It's so normal actually, because, and this, I learned later that it's just a result of what happens with our brain when we have children, there was a study done with women before they had children and after they had children and they did MRIs of their brain and they actually saw there was a decrease in gray matter in their brain after they went through childbirth. And here's the thing, it was a longitudinal study and they found that that never comes back to normal. And so you're thinking like, all right, God, why would you, why would you give me a children and then take away my brain? Like, why would you do that? But what happens is your brain is kind of like this amazing, beautiful handbag. And as, you know, as beautiful as that handbag is, as roomy as it is, you can only put so much in it. You know how we pack for trips and it's like, all right, something's got to go so I can put this in there. Well, when we have children, we start to get new levels of ability in our brain. We get new sensations, new sensory perceptions that are, that we're able to activate. And because of that room is made for that new brain activity. So some of the old brain activity has to go. For example, have you ever like, um, have you ever just like walked in a room? You're like, what what did I come in here for? Like, what is going on? Or maybe your kid's talking to you and you realize like 30 seconds that I have no idea what they just said. (laughs) Like, what is wrong with me? It's, it's like a brain fog. That's why I call this mom fog. Uh, because it's very characteristic. However, you start having these new skills and abilities, which God gives women after they have children. For example, have you ever, um, like you, you maybe have a middle schooler or a high school, you just know something's wrong. Like your husband is like, well, they're fine, but like, no, there's something bothering them. I just know it. Or maybe like at the last minute, you grabbed your toddler in the parking lot before a car came. Or So these kind of things, we, we have these new abilities, but then some of the gray matter in our brain starts to pull away from just common sense functioning. And then we start to, we start to get in this brain fog. We start to think, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just keep my house organized? Why can't I stay on top of the bills? And we start seeking help. We start going to, we get a new day planner to help us manage our time. We, we get a new online, you know, life transformation program, and then we can't stick with it. And we don't realize that those people who created those things are not operating with the same brain that we're operating with a new, it's like a new and improved brain. We just have to learn how to work with our new brain as a mom to manage it in the most effective way possible. And so that's what mom fatigue syndrome is, is you, you're trying to do things the old way. And you realize like, you know what? I just, the kitchen, I just cleaned it. It's messy. What's the point? I just tried to do this. It's, I can't do it. I can't lose weight. What's the point? That's mom fatigue syndrome. But when we start to work with the brain that God gave us, then we can start seeing real transformation and real results. Okay. So I'm going to push back a little bit at you. What would you say to someone who says that overwhelm is just a lack of organization or perhaps even a distrust in in God? I've heard that one myself, that you're not praying enough or you're not in the word enough. What would you say to the person who just thinks that um, saying it's mom fatigue syndrome is just the easy route and you're slapping a label on something in order to distract from the true cause of mom overwhelm? 
Well, I would, I would question what is that true cause? Like if there's a true cause and then what would it be and why haven't we fixed it by now? So, and to me, just that, that perspective sounds like you're white knuckling it. And I, I don't believe that God gave us. That's why he said, you know what? You can put this hard yoke on. He was pressing his heart. You can do life that way. Or you can take my yoke upon you. It's easy to be born. It's light. And so I think about when we do things the way that God created us to do it, we stop white knuckling it through life. I'm like, oh, I got to get my house organized. If I could just get organized, if I could just lose this weight. Like, come on, you'll lose the weight. You'll still go back to the same brain patterns and it'll all come back on. So if we understand that we've got to do the inside work first and then it just translates to the outside because what is seen is always created out of what is unseen, we stop white knuckling. It's like for the first time ever, people come into our university online and for the first time ever, they feel like they can breathe. Like, oh, it doesn't have to be this hard. Imagine the world change that would take place if we moms did the knee-bending work of prayer for our homes. If we spent just as much time praying as we do providing perfect childhoods, perfect days, perfect dinners. Our kids need perfection, that's true, but it won't ever be found in us. That's a gift only Jesus can lavish on them. If Kate, September, and I could encourage you in just one thing, it would be prayer. Nothing will be more powerful in the life of your kids and in your relationship with them than bringing them to the throne of the all-powerful one who can move heaven and earth on their behalf. To help direct your thoughts to specific prayer points found in Scripture, we've put together a month-long series of prayer cards called 30 Days of Prayer for My Child. Each card contains a prayer theme, a verse that correlates with that theme, and a brief sample prayer to help you call upon God to be faithful to his word in light of your kids. To grab a set of your own, head to September and Co. Shop on Etsy. Pray for your kids today, because if you're not praying for them, who will be? You know, Hannah, I don't know, there are just a lot of moms out there that are just wanting to go in the closet and hide and cry. <laughs> yeah. So what are some simple in-the-moment practices that that those moms can start to implement? And they just, you know, how can we get them out of the closet? How can we help them stop crying? What are some things that they can do today? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say, you know, if you're in the closet, if you're crying, if you're, you know, if you're stuck in that pit, breathe a little compassion into the situation because it's okay. You're okay. You're not flawed. You're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. You're fine. This is normal. So it's okay to have those moments. There's no judgment because we know that he's, he doesn't condemn. He's not the condemner of the brethren. So, so we can just step in that place and say, you know what, nothing's wrong with me. And almost that when we can step into that mercy with ourselves mm -hmm. it makes the problem diminish so already because when we have a problem the idea of thinking we shouldn't have the problem actually increases the intensity of the problem mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so it's like oh i shouldn't feel this way i shouldn't feel this way and then it's like anything you resist it's just going to get stronger and so if we can say you know what it's okay that i feel this way nothing's wrong with me i'm not broken i don't need to be fixed and then we can start developing some strategies to prevent the breakdowns. And so that's what we work a lot. We develop um, what we call master habits. And those are things like how we start our day, how we um, handle our thoughts, 
the kind of state we step into, that kind of stuff. And you find that if we can start developing these little tiny habits, which we have to develop in the front of our brain, um, I geek out on the brain a lot because that's what I do as a master life coach. But if we can work and create these habits in the front of our brain, then we can start to bring them back to the habitual part of our brain. And all of a sudden we're just kind of running on autopilot. That's what makes it so much easier. That's why I like to work with moths because their brains have a specific functioning that if you learn how to work with it, life gets a lot better. Can you give us just a couple of those master habits just to tease us a little bit? Oh yeah. So we want to get your book. (laughs) I I love to. Well, some of those master habits. So we work with like the simple things to help you create mastery. So for example, you might think making up the bed is not a big thing at all. Like what's, what's the deal? It's a made up bed, but that process of just making up the bed and we, and we are so gracious. Like we spend two weeks on every little habit. So if we can just get into a habit of making up a bed, the reason this combats mom fatigue syndrome is that we are seeing physical evidence that I can do something and it stays that way. And you're like, but wait, my kid just took a nap in my bed in the afternoon. (laughs) It's okay. You can see the made up bed and you can see the result of something you did as complete. And so your brain gets this feel good hormone Mm -hmm. and you know, it's like, oh, it's just a made up bed. It's so much more than that. It's feeding your brain that hormone that says you did good way to go. I accomplished something. And now it sets you on the path to create so much more. Another one is a we start to try to change our state by developing the habit of like creating an environment, a space where we can really feel high energy. So it could be putting on music that creates that, that internal state change. And music has a powerful effect too. So some of these little things we work with, all of a sudden they, have, they, they, they are called habit stacking where you stack one habit on top of another. And then it's like your days are operating so much smoother. And then you look back, you know, six months, you're like, whoa, my life has changed so dramatically. I didn't think I was doing anything really powerfully, but you're working with your mental capacity. So you're able to change your surroundings. I love that. Timber, she is speaking your love language. You're the (laughs) of the make your bed challenge. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that just reminds me that um, these are long-term and short-term habits, right? So maybe you can help us and the moms listening Maybe you can help us with some practices that we can put in place to come out of our mom fog indefinitely. And I, for one, am wondering, is that even possible? You know, like I've had a lot of kids and your comment about that gray matter being in there, (laughs) never going away. I'm thinking, am I ever going to be the same? So what are some long-term trajectory practices that we begin now to help with that? Absolutely. September. Well, the thing is you, you really don't want to be the same. You know, you, you don't want to go back to how you were because you'd be operating with a brain that was not supernaturally endowed by God to provide for all your new demands with your 10 kids. Mm. So, you know, I have seven kids and people are like, oh, how do you do it? And I'm sure you get that question too. It's like God transforms our mind one step at a time. And so the things that we do, the patterns and the habits and the routines we set up now can create that long-term effect. So we don't ever want to think, I'll be glad when things get back to normal, but can't we have a new normal? Can't we have a supernatural existence? Can't we transform? Can we give ourselves that capacity and that space to transform and become our, you know, Hannah 2.0, September 2.0, like whatever that looks like, because God never, you know, he never draws back. God Mm -hmm. always expands. He's an expansive God. So he never shrinks. 
So if we think I want things to go back to normal, we're, we're shrinking back. So what we would, what would probably be more powerful, a more powerful perspective is to say, God, thank you that you are creating in me that person who's going to be able to accomplish so much more for your kingdom. And then what that looks like is, is going to just leave us awestruck because he says, you know, no, I have seen no ears heard all that he's got planned for us. Like the greatness of what we are to step into where we are right now pales in comparison to that. So when we can trust him and say, God, I don't know what this future looks like, but I know that you're creating in me the kind of person who can take total possession of it, who can step into that place of authority. So some of those habits, and, and I would recommend always doing the self-work. We've got to do the self-work because all lasting changes are going to start inside. It has to start in our mind. So if we're like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to find the perfect diet, or I'm going to find the perfect home management system, or I'm going to find the perfect budgeting software, or I'm going to find the perfect partner. You're still looking outside of yourself for the solution. When God says, you know what, we're going to transform your mind. You're going to have the mind of Christ, which he promises in his word that we have the mind of Christ and we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we're going to transform your identity and you're going to do the self-work. So we dig into his word every day. We seek that, you know, just like your podcast, like, like the voices of people who can inspire and build faith into us instead of all the other voices out there in the world today that want to diminish our perspective. And we plug into that and do the work inside and what we're going to see on the outside, that's where we see the transformation, but it has to start internally. I love the idea of being okay with a new normal, but I don't think I've ever looked at it in light of my mental capacity or even my emotional capacity. I often think, you know, this new thing, this new baby in my life, you know, the, the laws of physics says to put a new thing into a space, you have to take something out so I can easily see that in my responsibilities. Like I have this new baby, so I'm going to have to say no to these other things in my life. But I hadn't thought of it in that, that aspect that you were talking about. That's really interesting. It's so powerful. And also when you think about like the laws of physics, we can say, well, you know, I have to, I live in a natural world, so I'm subject to natural law, right? But we forget that we are actually supernatural beings because we have been grafted into the family of God and, and we have a father who is eternal. So his supernatural law actually can govern our lives instead of being subject to, well, I guess this is how it's always going to be. We can say, wow, I can't wait to see what is transforming to become because we can live by that Ephesians 3.20 perspective that is exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we could think or hope or imagine. So our life, if we get this vision in place, like, wow, who am I becoming? That gets exciting now. So I'm wondering, where does our faith and our trusting God's provision for our lives come into play when it comes to mom fog? And you've touched on that a little bit, but I'm wondering if you can expound on that. Oh, absolutely. It's um, and provisions of a big word because we're always looking for that. And our brains are actually trained for our survival, not for our success. Like, like our job, our brain's job is to keep us alive. So sometimes they can think I'm going to go for the safe route. I'm going to um, not invest. I'm going to pull back. I'm going to, you know, there's an opportunity, but not right now. Like we'll pull back into that safety because our brain thinks it's keeping us alive by doing that. But if we understood that, if we have the mind of Christ, our mind is engineered for our success. So here's your brain. Its job is to keep you alive, your survival. 
But here's the mind of Christ that we have as believers, which that job is to create success. So if we can learn to operate by our mind beyond our brain, that's where the success can come from. And so if we understand that our brain's job is to always keep us safe, it's always looking for provision, right? It's always looking for where my needs going to be met. But if we understand when we're looking in the natural world, like, oh, my money comes from my paycheck or my peace comes from if everything is organized in my home or my, um, my self-esteem comes from my marriage. If we're always looking outside of ourselves in the natural world for our provision, we're forgetting, we're looking at the resource and not the source. So if we understand that, yeah, God provides for us through our paycheck, he provides for us through marriage, through these relationships, through our home, through his word, then we quit looking in desperation at what's around us. And we start looking with excitement and inspiration at our true source, which is God almighty. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. On episode 49, we had a chat with our friend Wendy speak about how social media has affected our lives and more specifically how it's affected our emotions and our spiritual lives. Do you think social media or even our constant access to media has contributed to our MFS? Because I feel like um, we often say, oh, I don't have time to do that as moms, but we have time for all these social lives on social media. So do you think that that's attributing to this mom fog? Oh my goodness, it's huge, huge. And it's, uh, that's why mom fatigue syndrome is more prevalent today than ever before. I remember having a client one time and she was like, I wanna do all these things, but I just don't have time. I don't have time to declutter. She had moved probably like two years earlier and still had boxes and boxes of stuff she hasn't unpacked. She's like, I just don't have time to do that. And, and my kids need to be homeschooled and I don't have time for that. And I said, okay, hold up. Like, take a breath, baby. Like, hold up, pull out your phone. I said, I want you to go to your screen time app and just tell me what number shows up on that. 12 hours. I said, you spent 12 hours on your phone. Can you honestly tell me you don't have the time or you choose not to use that time as something that's going to build a better life? And it was just that wake up call. The thing is, is you know how the enemy works. Like he's so, he creeps in. He never like barges through the front door. He creeps into the back. He gets a little foothold so he can get a stronghold. And that's how the enemy works. And the enemy works through media. And so we're so attuned to the world. We're constantly looking at what we don't have and how we're not enough and what life would be like and all these pretend lives. And we forget that we actually have an opportunity to live our own life. We've got one shot at this one shot at this life. And so do you really want to spend it looking at other people's pretend lives? And so we really, you know, that's something that has been a huge contributor to mom fatigue syndrome, but it's also something that we have 100% power over. We're the ones swiping. So we have to realize we're the ones opening those apps. So there's a place to start right there. Beautiful place to start. Yeah. That's a great place to start. You know, Hannah, we are currently right in the middle of a ugly pandemic that we've been in for a year. We're in the middle of political unrest, continuous public outrage. So how does mom fatigue syndrome affect the way we cope with all of that? And do you have any tips to help us how to not be so overwhelmed in our current cultural climate with all the mess that's going on? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. And, and it is, you know, we're seeing changing times. We're seeing the earth just groaning. This world is groaning. Like I, I need a change. I need, I need something different. I'm giving birth to something new. I like to see that there is a change happening 
for good. I like to see that God, that nothing has escaped God, that he can use whatever comes at us for us. And so when we think, oh, this is a terrible time, but hasn't God said, I'll use your enemies as your footstools? So what if we could take this opportunity to take authority over it? Because what I know is true about the human brain, especially the mom brain, is we see what we look for. So if we're looking for what's bad, we'll see it. If we're looking for what's evil, we'll see it. If we're looking for what's confusing and frustrating, we'll always see it. So what if we change the filter? What if we change what we're looking for? What if we're looking for how to show up for a neighbor? What if we're looking for how to console someone? What if we're looking for how to bring clarity in the middle of confusion? Then I think that's where the Holy Spirit can come in and, and show you a thousand ways that we can show up as the, the, the salt of the earth, as the light in the dark, as that city on the hill that this world needs so bad right now. This is not a time for us to be cowering. This is not a time for us to be shrinking or backing up. This is a time for us to be, you know, just like the Bible says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. This is time for us to storm the gates. And to start being that rescuing force that the world needs so bad because it's hungry. It's hungry yeah. for it. And we can step up and be that source, but it has to start with the work that we're doing in ourselves. Amen. That's so good. If we look at our current time as an opportunity, we'll be able to see so many different ways that God in his kindness would love to use us to impact the world for his kingdom. Amen. Maybe it just starts right in front of us. The very, you know, little ones that he's blessed us with. We have an opportunity to help them navigate these times through these difficult days. So as we close today, Hannah, I just want you to tell us a little bit about your book. Rumor has it that our listeners can grab it for free. I'd love for you to tell them how. And what do you hope moms take away from your book? What's the one nugget you hope they, they glean from it? Mm, I think the one nugget would be hope like that. That's, that's what we need so bad today is, is hope. And we can have that. And God wants to do something extraordinary in your life. He wants, he wants to show up powerfully on your behalf. So sometimes we can look at our lives and say, well, I guess this is as best as it's ever going to get. That is such a lie because God never leaves us there. He always has a next level. He always has a next step. And he, and he, you know, he wants you to show up like that. We are supposed to be kings and priests in this world. So let's show up as children of a mighty God, of a loving father. He can create some incredible transformation. But yeah, so we are giving a free copy of Mom Fog to everyone who enrolls in the Mom Fog Challenge. And the Mom Fog Challenge, if you go to momfog.com, Everything about the Mom Fog Challenge is right there, but it's a way for us to walk with you step by step and help develop those little habits and help to do the little twists and tweaks inside your brain so that we can start reprogramming it for success instead of failure. Because so many people have gone through the Mom Fog Challenge and they get to the end of that, and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, I actually had dinner in the crock pot. The house is clean. It's 4 p.m. I remember one woman writing and she's like, I don't even know myself anymore. I'm wondering who <laughs> is this woman. And so we create dramatic change, but we do it a little, like one day at a time. And so we're shipping out a free copy of Mom Fog to everyone who enrolls in the challenge. All right. So if you're listening and you want a copy of that great book, you want more of this encouragement, you head on over. Tell us the site one more time, Hannah, so we know. Absolutely. It's momfog.com momfog.com to grab a copy of that book by enrolling in that challenge. 
Well, last year when we recorded episode 21 on what to do when anxiety hits, and then in episode five about mom overwhelm, it was clear to all three of us by the response that mom fog is a real thing. I don't know about you, but in some ways, it's kind of relieving to know that I'm not crazy or lazy or lacking in faith, that science really does show my brain has changed because of motherhood. But in other ways, it just makes the reality all the harder to accept. The good news is, though, you and I don't have to stay stuck in our overwhelm. There are some simple practices that we can put in place to help us step out of the fog and into emotional and mental freedom. Thank you so much, Hannah, for joining us today. And thank you, moms, for tuning in. It's always such an honor that you share a few minutes of your day with us. If this episode has been helpful to you in any way, we'd invite you to take just a minute to spread the word to a friend or neighbor who could use some of this encouragement today.